Welcome everyone to podcast number 17. We've had a long break from podcasting as wedding season has been madness over the last few months. And we've finally found some time to sit down have a chat to an industry peer. And what better off to start 2020 podcasts than having a well-known, I'd probably say friend, but also in the industry, um, I kind of can say, Dion does a lot of things. And probably a lot of question is, what does Dion do? So here we've got Dion Wu with us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Anna. Thanks for having me on the on the podcast. Uh, I think uh, it's only one of a handful that I've done and grateful to be here. And thanks for showing me around your uh, fabulous setup here. It's pretty crazy. It it's, it's like a maze. There's lots of hidden rooms and lots happening. Um, but you could probably also say there's a sweatshop at the back that we've just like... Well, I, I call it a wonderland, right? Seeing them all uh, putting the beautiful uh, pieces together. Beautiful. Thank you, Dion. It's amazing, like how we kind of connected in this industry. But I want people to kind of understand, probably people thinking, who's Dion Wu? Why, why have you got Dion Wu here today? Like, what significance does he have in the wedding industry or what significance does he have, you know, overall? Um, can you explain to people how you got into emceeing and why you're doing? Okay, great, uh, good question. So I've been doing uh, MC work a long, long time now. Uh, you know, not to kind of uh, put a, a date on me or anything, but uh, like nearly 20 years, I'd say. And, uh, you know, it started in the day when um, there'd be all these events and, you know, as things happen with events, they need an MC. Now, um, nobody, you know, wanted to do that kind of work or was brave enough. And because I was a little bit of a loud mouth, you know, I, <laughs> I'd often get volunteered and it just grew from there. And I found that I had a, had a knack for it. Um, my father was a very famous MC, actually. Oh, wow. So um, I learned a, a fair bit from him as well. And you know, uh, throughout, you know, he'd keep an eye on me and give me uh, uh, tips and traps along the way. So I really appreciate that. I learned a lot from Dad. How amazing! But in terms of MCing, explain to the to the actual audience what what languages do you speak? Because we always ask that question. Yeah. Okay. Great question. So um, obviously English. And that's really the only language I feel comfortable enough to MC in. I do speak a little bit of Cantonese and, um, you know, I'm not even going to mention Mandarin. Uh, <laughs> but um, I find I lose a lot of work uh, because I don't have that extra language ability. Yeah, and that's what I've always... Um for us to find a, a, um, a co-bilingual language MC that speaks Mandarin, English, um, or even Cantonese English really well, we can find someone that speaks the Mandarin Chinese part really well, but their English is broken. And brides and grooms these days don't want the English part to be broken. So then we go, okay, we've got a great English MC, but they don't speak Mandarin or Cantonese. Well. So we're, I'm finding it very difficult to find an MC for my clients. So have you ever thought of maybe learning a little bit of Mandarin? Absolutely, and I'm committed to uh, learning Mandarin now. Um, so um, I just made that decision a couple of days ago. I was with, hanging out with my, my brother's friend, actually, and he goes, Dion, you need to do this because, you know, it's going to change your future. Okay, so the rest of our podcast is going to be Mandarin now. How? <laughs> <laughs> I think what we'll do is, I reckon in about, I'll probably say, what, give it three months, we should come back here and we'll do the podcast in Mandarin together. Well, that's, that's a good challenge. I'm looking forward to that, yes. Yeah, definitely. Now, I want to know, what else do you do, Dion? Like, who is Dion Wu? 
You know what? I get that question all the time and it just, well, it doesn't stun me and, and I actually quite enjoy it because I'm, uh, I don't, uh, you know, publicize what I do. Um, and I did, I, you know, very recently got stopped in the street by this guy that I didn't know actually. And he goes, Dion, Dion Wu, I want to have a coffee with you. <laughs> and I said, that's great. And why would you want to do that? And he goes, I want to know more about Sydney's most mysterious man. <laughs> um, so, you know, to uh, understand what I do. So uh, for the last um, couple of decades, actually, I've been in the hospitality business. I've had restaurants, cafes. I started off with a Chinese restaurant um, I, and and. Before that, I was in the IT business, so I had a uh, technology business. Um, it sounds fancy calling it technology, it's actually just um, uh, selling hardware, you know, peripherals back in the day. That's what the Chinese got into. Yeah. You know? And uh, that was uh, very successful, and I ended up selling that, not knowing what to do. And I got into hospitality with, with a customer of mine at the time who was opening a restaurant, and uh, that's, that's where I, I started my foray in hospitality. Um, and it was fantastic. Uh, these days, it's a lot harder. Yeah. So I still have uh, one hospitality business. It's a cafe in Wynyard, but I spend very little time there. And you know, everyone always wonders, you know, how come I can get out and about and do so many things, be at so many places, because um, you know we have a great team there that that looks after it. That's not my interest anymore. I just love to have fun, to be around beautiful people and beautiful things. Um, so, you know, you'll see me out uh, eating and that's the other thing I do because I am in the food industry. I get invited to a lot of these uh, launches and uh, trying a, a new beautiful dishes. Um, I love, you know, photography. So a lot of my food is around photography. I love being photographed. I love videoing and being videoed. So um, people see a lot of me online, and and I guess that's that's how they you know, feel that they kind of know me. Although yeah. you know we, we don't know each other. Yeah. Exactly. Did that did that gentleman say how he saw you? Like was it through a social media platform, or he's just? Well, uh, it has to be a, a social media platform of some description. You know, um, you know, I'm I'm very active on Facebook, Instagram, WeChat and uh, LinkedIn. And that's another platform that I found quite uh, interesting and uh, incredible in terms of opportunity. A lot of opportunity have come to me through LinkedIn. Yeah. I find it getting more and more powerful all the time. Okay, so let's kind of go back to your, your actual MCing at the moment. So if I was to have a couple come to me and say, Anna, I need you to help me coordinate and plan my wedding. I'm looking for an MC. I don't know where to go or what to do. Why should I recommend you? Like, what's the difference? Why recommend me? Okay. Or why should a bride come and call you? Well, I, I would say that once they meet me, they're both going to fall in love with me, and uh, I'm going to like be we that are right with you. Um, I guess all MCs will say that they personalise, uh, you know, their <laughs> Um, the wedding for the couple. I definitely do. But what I love most about uh, what I do is that um, uh, I really do enjoy my work, but I love surprises and I love surprising the couple, right? So there'll be something in there, and I don't want to give away too much here, mm -hmm. that's going to say, wow, I wasn't expecting that. 
right? So there's always that kind of a moment in my delivery. Um, so that's what makes it all worthwhile for me. Um, and I mix it up with, I think, um, uh, I'm, I'm not a comedian, but you know, people say I'm funny and that's what I, I, I like to uh, bring that to the event. I do a little bit of singing as well, so I bring that nice. to the event. So I think uh, if they're after somebody that can uh, add color and uh, you know strong memories to their event, then I'm that guy. Beautiful. I've got. Um, I've actually recently met up with a couple, mm-hmm. and we're just going through their whole wedding planning and how do we you know style, put it all together, and flowers and all of that. And then we're finalizing the venue at the moment, and. We came across on, okay, who is going to be your MC? Have you thought about it? And your name popped up. It did? Yes. Fantastic. Your name popped up. And the question was, oh, but Dion doesn't speak Mandarin. But we said, you know what? How many people in the room is going to be Mandarin background that doesn't speak English these days? And they're like, oh, not many. It's probably just the oldies or whatsoever. So we said, well, why don't we co you know, co-MC, find someone that speaks a little bit of Mandarin and co-MC with Dion, let him be the main person, let's get someone just to do the formalities and then that person can sit down, whether it's family, friend or someone that we choose. So then we came across it and it's not just Dion Wu and his client, you guys know each other very well. Okay. So Nico. Oh, Nico. <laughs> That's why he messaged me, I see. Okay. So it's interesting, but um, but it's kind of off the charts, yeah? They haven't announced it. So this podcast is going to be something that gets posted later after they've officially announced and put their invitations out. So it won't go out before that. Right, good. Um, but it's interesting. So it's quite funny because when when... Nico came to me to kind of plan what styling and I go, I'm seeing your face somewhere. He's like, I don't know. I haven't really met with you. And then we, we married up a few people that we know. And then all of a sudden Bailey came in and he's like, oh my God, I know you through this group and then I know you through that And then Dion Wu came in the picture and we're like, oh my God, everyone's connected by 360. So everyone knows everyone. Yes, and do you find that a lot where someone calls you and go, oh, I've got this friend getting married, can you assist with that? And then you find, oh my God, I've, I've known you from somewhere else and everyone connects the dots. Look, 100%, I, um, I've always said, you know, I've never uh, really pushed the wedding side of it. Um, I don't advertise it, well, except through my socials. But what does actually stun me is when people ask me, well, Dion, I know you do MC, but do you do weddings? And I thought, well, I share plenty of that online. So I'm surprised that people still need to ask that question. But uh, getting back to your point, um, that's it. Everyone, uh, well, in my circle, you know, all my stuff comes through word of mouth and referral, uh, which I'm grateful for. And um, Nico, you know, congratulations, my friend. I kind of guess that that's what he was getting at when he asked me if I did um, uh, Mandarin. And um, if I'm the guy for you, well, then uh, I'll have a few Mandarin uh, things to say at that night. But I don't think, uh, Anna, as you point out, it's that important anymore. Let's find, you know, a, a, a co-MC. And I was just talking to you before, I, I did a Cambodian wedding, you know, a few weeks ago. That's the first time I did it. And that was done with, you know, a, 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 another MC who was Cambodian. So that's the way to get around that. You know, and you can serve uh, the best of both worlds. Yeah, and that's what I'm finding. Like, 
um, gosh, how many months ago? A couple of months ago, one of my Chinese clients, and I couldn't find them in MC because it's like we couldn't find that one person. So then we found a really awesome Chinese MC, and Garen is amazing. You probably somehow would know Garen from somewhere. I know Garen, yeah. He's very great at his, Eng at his Chinese, but can't, he's not confident in his English. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you got to, you got to somehow one day just get your English out there because he can speak it, but it's not great and he's not confident. So then we said, okay, let's find an English MC, but they wanted a female male. I'm thinking, oh my God, which, where am I going to find a female English MC that's going to understand Mandarin to speak to Garen about it? Because if that's the person that knows how to speak it, then that person will be English and Chinese and I don't need Garen. But I couldn't find anyone to do it. And I said, what about if we just get a male and a male, it's, they're like, no, if it's co-ed, it's got to be female and male. We want that like host. So did you find one? I ended up doing it oh, myself. Fantastic. Because <laughs> I couldn't find anyone. And then the bride and groom's like, oh, well, we'll leave it to you, whatever you think. And then I got to the point where I just got, I said, look, if worse comes to worse and we can't find anyone, I'm coordinating anyway. I'm going to be there anyway. I'll step in and, and help. And then instead of them going, okay, find someone, they just went, great, would love you to do it. And I just went, oh my God, I've put my foot into this one. And I've never emceed. I don't know. Was that your first? It was my first MC. Wow. <laughs> it's my last MC. I'm not, I'm not an MC and I'm not going to do it again. But a lot of people said, why not? Like, it was great. Never. I said, you know what? I'm a florist, I'm a stylist, I'm not an MC. I stepped in because I had to. But I could understand from your side, an MC is not just an MC. They no. run the night. They, they pretty much get all, they problem solve. You guys do everything on the night in terms of how to make sure this event runs well. Correct. So can you explain how you do your running schedule with the client so they, they have an understanding of what to expect from an MC. Sure, so um, I work closely as we all do with uh, the couple. Um, <clears throat> you know, I recommend at least one face-to-face. -face. Um, I need that actually because um, I need to understand their story, uh, what's important to them uh, for the event, um, how they want to, to see it uh, turn out and uh, all the other peripheral information, you know, the, the friendships, uh, the, who's in the bridal party, the relationships there. Um, but in terms of uh, the schedule for the night, you know, I always do recommend that they work, uh, you know, have, have something skeleton with the venue, so the venue manager, um, to work out the night. They'll send that to me, I'll look through it and I'll make some recommendations, alterations if required. But mostly, you know, it's, um, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Um, some actually have no idea of what's required. And they kind of had the imagination that it's the MC that plans the whole night for them, uh, which obviously is not the case. Uh, you know, we work closely with um, you know, the venue, with the entertainment, uh, obviously with the, the couple, but uh, we're there to ensure the smooth running of the night. And, um, you know, sometimes things can get out of hand, but that's our job to keep it under control. Um, you know, I, I always say to the couple that uh, they're, you know, uh, please reach out to me as often as they need to. Um, you know, uh, either by telephone call, uh, texting, or if, if they require, then you know we'll do that face to face again. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you know everything that we do is geared towards you know uh, you know a, a beautiful and satisfying uh, event for the couple. Beautiful. Is there any um, is there anything that you can recommend for upcoming MCs or anyone? Do, do you have anyone that you have a protege that actually are training with you or anything, or or someone goes, oh my god, like Dion sounds really fantastic. Um, I would love to be an MC. Is there anything you can advise on anyone out there that's listening? Well, you know, there's um, there's different uh, schools out there or, or academies uh, that that teach MC work. Um, it's interesting you raise this question, Anna, because you know I've been thinking about that myself, and I, I have had people come and ask me, "Can I like uh, shadow you, work under you?" And um, I'm definitely open to that, uh, just not right now. Mm -hmm. But I think um, as because I'm very proud of, um, and I, it, it it is a craft, right? And it's not easy to do. I think I, uh, there's a lot of people that uh, would be are interested and would would love to get into this industry. And and I, if if you have an interest, I highly recommend it because it's very rewarding. Um, and definitely, if you've never done this kind of thing before, it can be daunting. So you know you're going to need some guidance along the way. And because it's um, an industry that I love so much uh, and have such great respect for it, then obviously, you know, I want to make sure that uh, whoever else is involved, if I can be involved in, in ensuring the, the strength of this craft industry, then, then I'd love to contribute to that, yes. yes it's, it's amazing when you have people just kind of look up to what you do and because you know you've done it so well and so proud of it that you can actually share your actual vision and everything with young entrepreneurs that's coming up into the industry but what challenges have you overcome with this industry because the wedding industry is there's lots of MCs out there and there's lots of venues out there but what's the biggest challenge you've had to to step into this industry mm, that's a um, good question uh, the challenges, I think, um, for me, my growth has been very organic. I've never gone out to seek the uh, the work. Um, it's always come to me, and you know, for yeah, for, for whatever reason that's happened. Um, so it's it's not easy. It's not simple for me to answer that question as to what challenges there've been, because I found it quite smooth my progression. And, but I do know, speaking to other MCs, they're saying, well, you know, how do you find your work? And it's almost a little bit embarrassing to have to tell them, you know, that I don't seek it, it, it comes to me. But, um, and I think that would be the biggest challenge uh, is that if you want to make it your full-time thing, how do you get, you know, so competent at it? How do you get so uh, powerful at it that the work comes to you? And for myself, I'm fortunate, I guess, is in that um, I have uh, different business endeavors, so I don't rely solely on work in this industry. Uh, but if I were to do it full time, then I'd, I'd very happily do so. Um, so the challenges, I think, uh, is, you know, <clears throat> there are people who specialize only in weddings. Um, and that's probably my favorite genre of MC, but you know, I do everything from conferences to uh, political stuff, charity stuff, 
and I love it all, but you know, my favorite is the wedding. But I would, um, uh, so this is definitely a skill, right? That, uh, definitely. It's, it's definitely not, a skill. Not everyone can do what, what an MC does. Yes. And um, I think, uh, you know, each uh, genre has its own sets of challenges. And, you know, I would, I'd, I'd recommend that, uh, you know, uh, if this is your craft, right, your profession, you need to treat it as such. And you need to get good and strong in uh, all those different uh, categories because you can't rely on just the one uh, category yeah. of event. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And because you're so diverse in what you do, you can pretty much transform yourself from a corporate to a wedding to a, a big exhibition or whatsoever. You're, you're very diverse. Yes, yes. And, and for me, it's like, uh, you know, people are good at uh, singing or dancing. Uh, I keep on uh, you know, using that word craft, and that's really what it is. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're a performer, and that's how I see myself. Right, uh, I'm not just an MC. You know, uh, I, you know, I bring a lot of different things to uh, my work, and uh, it's it, it allows me, you know, expression, right? And sometimes, um, most often, I'll do that through song. But this is, you know, and like acting, you know, it's just another way to uh, to showcase your skills. What's your most favorite song to sing? Oh, I can't answer that question. I mean. Um, I, uh, but my genre is, you know, my dad's kind of music, um, which is, you know, the, the crooners, the Frank Sinatra's, the Dean Martins, yeah, Michael Bublé. I love all that kind oh, of music, amazing. yeah. And it's perfect for weddings. Well, it's perfect, like during dinner time, they're having their meal, and then if you just sing, sing to everyone, and they just think, oh my God, music to my ears. Um, but you probably find a lot of people don't even realize you sing until you sing, and they're like, Who's singing? And they'll turn around and go, oh, the MC's singing. Yeah, that's funny actually, because uh, I get that remark very often. They think, they said, well, you know what? I thought they'd put a CD on. <laughs> and then they realized that it was me. And that's the kind of surprise I'm talking about that, um, you know, I, I love kind of that, that shock factor, if you can call it that. Um, and yeah, just bringing uh, joy. You know, to, not to, many yeah. of you sing, so it's like I probably have come across two MCs now, including yourself, um, that sing, and no one else has ever said that we can sing. So it's very interesting. It's a very good um, positive. Well, yes, I guess it's it's one way that uh, sets me apart from the other MCs. Beautiful. Now that's pretty much talking about the MC. That's only one component of Dion Wu. That is probably like the hobby side of Dion Wu. Let's talk about your foodie side. Okay. You've got the hospitality, you've got the restaurants, you've owned restaurants. You currently still have a, a cafe um, in Wynyard. But when you go out and get invited to, to events and actually try their menu and try their food, talk about that. Like why do people ask Dion Wu to try their food? Mm. Okay, so um, only last night, you know, I hosted uh, an event at a place called uh, Chinteria Buddha Love, oh, wow. which is a, a Malaysian restaurant. Uh, they've been very famous for a long time. Uh, the owner, Simon Goh, uh, shut his restaurant um, in Cockle Bay uh, a few years ago, but he's reopened uh, in, in Westfield, in Pitt Street Mall, and now in Darling Square. Um, so Simon, this is a plug for your place, mate. So uh, pay me later. <laughs> but uh, I invited 
um, a bunch of foodies to come along and try the meal. And, you know, I got into the whole food scene, or well, the, the foodie scene actually because of my association with food. And, you know, people now saying, Dion, you're OG, right? Original. And if I think about it, that's true. So I got into Instagram, you know, well, when it first started to take off, I had a, uh, a group called Pigs, which stand for People in Instagram Sydney. Yeah. And we'd be going around every weekend to try four or five places. And that's how I kind of grew the group and a following in food. And, you know, this coupled with uh, my MC work uh, meant that, you know, um, I, I became well known in that food scene and people would uh, be asking me to come around and, and try this stuff and hopefully you know I get to post about it and uh, you know these days it's interesting that people see me more as media so I'll get invited to events you know under the umbrella of media, media and uh, because of the uh, kind of coverage that they feel that that I can give so the PR business. that comes with you that's right wow yeah so what? So that was your most recent was last night with the Buddha, Chinteria Buddha love, Buddha love, and then um, what have you got upcoming? Is there any other upcoming restaurants that you sh can recommend and say, hey guys, really need to try this one that you've you've actually experienced? Okay, so well tonight I've got uh, it's not just food by the way, it's uh, drinks. So tonight I've got a um, an event at Lobo Plantation, you know, in, in Clarence Street, and I think they've got a range of whiskies that they're going to. Uh, to launch, wow. so you know it's very diverse. The that that category that I play in, you know, of, of food. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, in terms of, it, it doesn't spring to mind, but I do have a number of events that are coming up. Wow. I immediately throw them into my calendar, so. Um, so you don't you so don't overlap or forget that's, or anything. That's right. Yeah. But have you come across any restaurants that is Amazing food, but family friendly with children. Because me and Bailey always have this problem of, we're going to take the kids, we've got uh, an afternoon free on a Sunday or so, and we don't know where to take them. Well, Bailey did ask me about Yamcha, I think on the Sunday. Where did you guys end up going? We ended up going to Zilva in Bondi. Bondi. How was that? Good? It was, it was good, but it wasn't like um, anything different for kids or anything. We just wanted something where the kids can eat. Maybe they can, while we talk and eat, the kids can play or do something. But it's the same, same experience. Like there's yamcha is yamcha. Yeah, you're right. Look, uh, what, you know, I, people ask me that question a lot. Like, uh, where's good or where's uh, good that's opening? And, you know, sadly, I, I have to say that uh, nothing really kind of um, amazes me. And maybe that's because... Um, I'm in the industry and I'm a little bit blasé about it, but um, I get excited when I go outside of Sydney, actually, right? So, um, <clears throat> I was mentioning to you before, I spend a lot of time out in the West, right? I, I am starting to spend more time in the West, and, and, and I love the little things that I, I might come across, or somebody will say, you've got to try it while you're there. Um, like in Cambramatta, you know, uh, Cambodian food, they've got that baton bang, which, which I love, right? Um, but in the city itself, you know, there's, there's not a lot of uh, 
real interesting places. Although, you know, they've opened up Darling Square, Len Lease have opened up Darling Square. And if you haven't been there, um, it's, it's worth checking out. Um, I think they've built a great new space there. Uh, you know, Chintari is one of those interesting restaurants that you should visit because, you know, the owner, Simon Go, he's a jazz musician, right? So he's a very cool guy and, you know, he's built this beautiful space with a giant Buddha, you know, as a centerpiece. Um, and the food is, honestly, it's good, it's really good and really affordable, right? That's the kind of dining I like, actually. I'm not into the fine dining yeah, and whatnot anymore. Um, it's not a huge restaurant. I think it's about 50 seats. Um, so that would be a place that I would, if I were a family guy, I'm not married, but you know, I can take the family. I know I'm gonna get a good feed. Um, it's not gonna break the bank. There's a play area right outside. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay, so we really need to try grass it. And, uh, grassy park. So that's the kind of area that I would go okay. to. That's our next next stop, Chin Chinteria, Chinteria, Border Love. Let me know before you go, so I'll make sure that Simon's there to <laughs> say hello. 100%, oh my gosh, wow. Okay, well at least there's an area for the kids to run around and, and they can play. Um, okay, so in saying so, you've been out in the West a little bit more, Cabramatta, your Kenley Heights, your type of thing, and that's kind of like that West Asian, because it's a very Asian precinct there. It is. But as you kind of move out of the Asian precinct, then you've got your Italians, then you've got your Lebanese and everything. So have you experienced other cultures that, that you can actually dwell on a little bit today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've got a great mate. His name's uh, Mick, Mick Omar. Um, some people may know him. Uh, very, very good friend of mine. Uh, you know, we do a little bit of business together as well. He's in the entertainment business. And, uh, you know, Mick's Lebanese and he's introduced me to obviously Lebanese food. He loves Italian. So the Italian stuff as well. Uh, but, you know, uh, very recently he took me to uh, just around here. You know, in Auburn, Jasmine. Oh, in Auburn. Okay, that's literally first. across the road from us, literally. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I've never had this style of breakfast before, but it was a massive spread, you know, full of dips and 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 the flatbreads, um, and the you know little pizza, uh, bits and pieces of um, you know. Uh, well, the hummus and everything. Hummus, yeah. So I love new experiences. So for me, you know, I'm very grateful that he took me out there to to experience. Um, some of uh, his culture because you know I'm mostly about uh, Asian food actually uh, obviously I'm Chinese and 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 I love you know Chinese food but um, I like trying uh, the different cultures as well Italian I've got fabulous Italian friends and I always rely on them because you know they would know the best places yeah. right yeah have you come across an amazing Italian restaurant an amazing Italian restaurant. Now the name escapes me, but uh, my friend took me to a place uh, in Darlinghurst, and uh, <laughs> it's it's next to a uh, called a mozzarella bar. I thought he was kidding actually when he said mozzarella bar. No one's gonna. What's this bar called mozzarella bar? But um, they have a uh, this place there that specialises in mozzarella. Oh wow! So it's just that's what mozzarella. That's what mozzarella bar. <laughs> And the place that uh, we went to um, is right next door to that. And as I said, the name escapes me. But, you know, a beautiful Italian food, um, all homemade, you know, oh, very regional. 
Yeah. It's like all homemade pastas and, exactly. and okay, beautiful. Because you don't get a lot of homemade pastas anymore when you go to a, an actual Italian. I find most of the time we go to a Western Italian cuisine or whatever, you'll have a spaghetti or, or a linguine or whatsoever. But when you taste it, you can tell that it's not freshly made. No, and that's it's right. It's upsetting because it's just like, oh, it's just not the same. You know, I'm, I'm into uh, authenticity, so uh, it's not just the food, but I think, uh, you know, it's, it's great when uh, the staff speak to you in Italian, you know. And they're like a buongiorno. E exactly, right? Um, and uh, on the weekend, uh, actually Mick took me to uh, Fratelli & Co in Concord. Yes. Have you been there? Yes, yes. Fratelli we're very familiar with. Robert is also a very good friend of ours. And well, he's an MC, as I yes, learned, right? Yes. So Robert is, is brother to Dan, and uh, I know Dan through my friend Mick. Um, so I, that was my first time there. The best, and I put this on my Instagram uh, just yesterday, uh, margarita pizza I've had wow. in Sydney. So uh, well, that's big a big call for Fratelli. Yeah. <laughs> so now everyone's gonna go and get margarita pizzas based on Dion Wu's comment. Go and check it out. Go and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. No. Rob, Rob is very good friends of ours. Rob is actually one of the MCs I always recommend when I have an Italian wedding or a Lebanese wedding or someone that right. just wants a, a great MC. Yeah. Rob is someone that I I highly recommend when it comes well, to. We, we're uh, talking about uh, six degrees. That's six degrees yeah, over there. Probably degrees. less than six degrees now, actually. It's quite interesting. Right. Did you get to meet Rob or? Just his brother Rob. you met Rob met Rob yeah. yeah he was uh, working in the restaurant at the time so we had a, a Sunday lunch there and uh, it's beautiful in on Con um, in Concord you know on Majors Bay Road you can sit outside on the street yep it's still beautiful yeah. he also owns um, Baywalk the Thai place Thai right place. exactly I found that interesting that uh, he he's got a Thai business as well and he's had that for I think 10-15 uh, years now so it's very different, but very diverse, but they're very good food. And not just, the, I mean, he's also got a, a Thai massage yeah, business, exactly. right? <laughs> so if you're ever feeling like, oh, I'm just have some Thai, and then, oh, Rob, I'm feeling a bit Thai, go upstairs and get a massage. So if you've got the food coma, then just head upstairs exactly. and uh, get a beautiful massage. Yeah. Exactly, so yeah, so it's quite an, he's got a quite an interesting history and background towards him as well. He's very passionate and he's always, what I find is when we're at the restaurant, the customer service is always there because Rob makes sure it's always there. And that's probably what you would do also with your restaurants in the past. Yes, the absolutely. Experience and service is the most important thing. Um, that's what I've discovered. And here's a tip for um, anyone that is thinking to go into the hospitality business. First of all, um, these days I don't really recommend it. Uh, it is a tough, uh, tough gig. But uh, if you were to go in, then um, I think that personal touch makes that world a difference and I think um, customers you know, are very forgiving if um, you know uh, they, they can uh, forgive the food um, especially if the service is good yeah yeah so that's, that's vital that's very 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 pretty much on the spot of the experience of me me and Bailey always if we get a very bad experience because service is not there or the, the actual whole experience is not there or something was wrong and you just go to tell them just, you know, just to FYI, but they're very rude about it and like they don't give a shit, we never go back. It doesn't matter how good that food was. And why should you, right? Why should exactly. you? Exactly. And we find that, do you find that a lot in the hospitality industry these days, that service is almost the second 
priority to, to people's business these days. Every, a lot of it is self-serve. Self-serve your own water. And, yeah. and you're like, can we get some table water? Oh, it's over there. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, if, you're, if, if it's a restaurant and you're sitting at a table, there should be some level of table service. Um, it's sad, you know, because when you go out and eat, right, for me, it's, you know, being waited on. It's that whole uh, experience that you want to have. And if you've got to do this and that yourself, then um, to me, that's, that's not what hospitality is about, you know. Sad. But sadly, because of, uh, you know, the cost of doing business, you know, it's meant that uh, we're driven to, to that point now. So sadly, right. yeah. It's, it really is sad because, the, I mean, there's a lot of bigger chain restaurants that you think would keep their actual customer service. But they're also losing their customer service, but they're massive chains. And I won't name names, but we've had so many experiences with this one massive Italian chain and we're, we're so upset because we've given them so many chances and then the last straw was, that's it, we're not going back there again. So you're not gonna go back there again? No, never, never again. And it's not just because, like the food, the food is, is good, to an extent it's good, but it's the way the the way the service is. Like the food won't come out for another hour. Like we'll wait an hour with kids, and the kids are getting agitated. We're like, can you just get the kids' food out, like just first? And you know, I know you're yeah. busy. Just you know, the mains can wait. Just get the kids out so they can kind of have a, have their meals. But the fact that they don't even bring out the coloring pack, and we know that they have coloring packs. Right. They don't even bring the colouring packs and we've had to ask them so many times to bring it out. And by the time they bring it out, the kids' food arrives. And they're, they're going, oh, no, I want to finish drawing. But I'm like, your food's here, eat, eat first. And they're like, no, I want to finish drawing. So they're the experiences I always say to a restaurant. Like, look, look at your customers. What's their needs? Yeah. Okay, they've got young kids. Okay, you know the kitchen's very busy. You know it's going to be half an hour, an hour away. Get the kids comfortable. Okay, then the adults will be happy because the kids are not nagging. So they're the things that we experience as parents. I don't know whether the other people, other parents are experiencing the same thing, but I feel if that's what I'm experiencing, what else is everyone else experiencing? No, that would be a very uh, commonplace experience, sadly, these days. And I just don't understand it because it, it's just very simple to me, right? Uh, much easier to keep your customer than to have to spend endless money trying to market and find new customers, isn't it? Yes. Right? So, and it's just being responsive to the customer's needs and requests, right? And it's not very hard, is it, Dan? It's not. But um, I think, you know, Anna, you've probably identified an area that is a real problem in the industry, and that is, you know, the, the lack of, of service. So. There's an opportunity for some bright entrepreneur that wants to go and put together something that's going to help lift the standards for the industry, um, because you know that's and that's why you know uh, apart from convenience, that's why you know the companies like uh, Deliveroo, Uber Eats are doing so well because people are saying, well, I'm not getting the service anyway. I might as well just order it and have it exactly. delivered to me, right? And that's the next generation. It, there's a lot of laziness. Is because I reckon one, a lot of people say, no, that's just the, the next generation. They're just lazy. They don't care. They just want to Uber Eats everything or just order because they're just... But it's not that. I think it's because of the, the whole fact of experience, like you said. 
that's driving that market to 100%. go to delivery? You know, when we go out to eat and go dining, we want it to be an experience. We want to go and enjoy the restaurant. We want to enjoy the interaction with the uh, owner if he's there or his, you know, uh, happy and skilled staff. Um, because you know that that's what adds to that's why we eat out, isn't it? You know, yeah. a, apart from the food, and if you don't have that, you wonder why you know you need to go out, just order in. Exactly, and like you said, outside of Sydney, we we were in Melbourne for a big wedding in January, and we took the kids with us because it was in school holiday soon. So what we did is we like you know had a look around. What restaurants do we go to? Let's look at what the the actual reviews are, and then we found one particular restaurant, and it was an Italian restaurant. Now I can't remember what it's called now, but. It, was, it wasn't fine dine to that extent, but it was a nice restaurant. You had to wear something nice to go in. You sat down. And we got the we're like, oh, we're a bit underdressed. But we thought, okay, these people are going to think like we're hobos coming in from the street or something. Were they all well-dressed? They were all well-dressed. <laughs> okay. And we're like, oh, my God, okay, we're not going to go go look for something else. So then we got to the front. We thought, oh, okay, here we are. They're not going to, like, greet us. Like, they're thinking, who are these people? So we went in. Our kids were like walked in with us, they're like, oh, for table for four, yeah, we called in and booked, like, okay, you're a bit early, but that's all right, we'll set your table up. They sat us down, did our orders, got the kids some coloring in, and then we waited an hour and a half for our meal. Oh an hour and a half, we sat there and we're like, oh my God, like seriously. So the wait, the waitress came and said, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm, I'll go to the kitchen and find out what's, you know, how long. Then finally we got our food, but we didn't just get our food. The chef prepared two other meals for us to try. They said, There's a, we've got a new meatballs on the menu, we've got a new lasagna on the menu, the chef wants you to try it. Wow. Um, so we had four main meals between the two of us and the kids had their steak. And then we're like, oh, wow, that's really... Didn't expect that, huh? Didn't expect it. Yeah. So we're like, oh, wow, that's really lovely. So then we tried the food. It was amazing. And then all of a sudden, the chef came out to our table. Yeah. And he, he introduced himself as, I'm the chef, um, and I really apologize for, for your wait tonight. Um, it was just such a busy night, and I'm, I'm really sorry. So we, we hope you actually enjoy our new menu as well as what you've chosen. And I looked at Bailey and I said, oh, my God, you would not get that in Sydney. No, definitely not. And, you know, it's really that simple, isn't it? I mean, you can turn that situation around, uh, that uh, negative situation, and, and turn your customer into uh, raving fans. Exactly. Which is what he did. And it's something Bailey would, would post online and, and about the service and what, what experience we create they created for us. Instead of if that chef didn't come out and he didn't present us, it's not a matter of giving us more food. We didn't care about the food. It was the principle of how they handled it. We would have walked away going, oh my God, what a sh shit restaurant. Like Exactly. And now, you know, the fact that you're telling me this, you know, is, is another, uh, you know... A I wish I remembered the name because it would be really lovely for people, anyone in in, um, in Melbourne to actually experience it. But uh, you know what? I will post it up. I will post it up so people actually can see. Please do that because 3rd of March, I'm going to be in Melbourne. And you know what? Now I'm intrigued, see? And I'll probably want to go and check yeah, that place out. Yeah, I have out. to go check it out. How long are you in Melbourne for on 3rd of March? Just just the evening. Just, just the, the one night, now. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've, but, got a, we've got another Melbourne wedding on the 7th of March. So I was thinking, oh, we can cross over, <laughs> but we don't, unfortunately. But pretty much that's experience overall, isn't it, Dion? So 
you know, for the, for the new restaurants, cafes opening, um, that's probably what we can what recommend to them is experience service um, and all of that. But as you go in to do your tasting, do you actually give critique feedback to the owners as well? Well, it's really something that uh, we should do as food bloggers. Um, unfortunately, these days it's sort of turned out this way. Uh, you know, they invite uh, food reviewers or bloggers in, uh, they'll eat, they'll take pretty photos, they'll put them up online, and even if they didn't think that it was great, they would say, best meal, right? Wow, why, why do you think that is? Um, I think they think they don't want to be rude to the business that's invited them in. Um, I'll, I'll give you a classic example. So yesterday, I got invited you know, through uh, my friend's invitation to uh, taste, uh, to try mussels, right? Now, um, so it, the event was put on by the mussel uh, company and it was held at a very famous uh, pub. And, you know, I love mussels. That's my thing. I actually uh, enjoy them more than oysters even, right? Because they're big and meaty and smoked, they're beautiful, easy to, to get at. Um, unfortunately, the, um, and, and they were doing filming, you know, videoing, etc. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know if it's the fault of like the actual muscle itself or the way it was cooked, but most of the of this pot of muscles was undercooked. So when you open it up, you couldn't actually eat it because you could still see that it was uh, and holding onto the shell and just falling apart. And it was terrible. And we all agreed that it wasn't good at all. Uh, but but we didn't leave that feedback with the chef uh, or the owner of the venue or the supplier. Um, we probably should have, um, but we felt, you know, it would be, we were too polite to do that. Or we think it's polite, but it's actually not doing, uh, it's not serving anybody when you don't tell them exactly how it is business. You need to give them the, the opportunity to improve. Exactly, exactly. And it, it is, it really is a shame. Then it goes back to like the weddings, the wedding industry, people are just too polite to say that they weren't happy with something. They just go, oh yeah, 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 it was great. I'm happy with it all. And then you don't hear from from any referrals or recommendations from that, that family or that friend. And then when you actually find out six months later or 12 months later, when you say, you know, what was your experience like? Or and you do a review or something. And then you find out that they're not happy or whatsoever. But you're like, well, you know, well, well at the time I asked you if if there's any problems or anything, then I could rectify it. But I find that that's kind of, people are just too polite these days. Even yeah. if you didn't have a good experience at a restaurant, like Bailey, he'll have a bad experience, but he, he won't, he actually, sometimes he'll let him know. Other times I'm like, why don't you say something that your salmon's not cooked right? And he goes, I don't have energy, we just won't come back. Yeah, yeah. And, but then when the owners ask, or whoever it is at the desk go, oh, how was your meal? But, oh yeah, yeah, it was all right. And then we'll just walk away. Don't you find that's the standard response? How's everything going? Oh, great, everything's good. Yeah. Even if you don't Even think it's it great. Right? 
<laughs> what is what's wrong with us? I mean, we really should be a bit more frank, right? Yeah. And you know, maybe we don't want to be confrontational, uh, you know, as it were. Um, but I think we need to just think that actually any feedback is good feedback, right? Yeah. And give them the chance to to fix things if it needs fixing. Exactly. Like we're not perfect. Like we we will execute so many weddings. But we know for a fact there's going to be a wedding here and there that there's something that's been slightly missed or something that's been not done 100% because of some type of communication. We thought something, the bride thought something, and there's always that. And we always say, you know what, if there was something wrong, just talk to us about it because we'd like to rectify, we'd like to apologize, and we'd like to you know, make it up for it. But most of our clients... Um, you know, most of the feedback, knock, knock on wood, they have been positive. Right. But we do get a handful where it's negative and then we try to find out why it's negative. Sometimes it's actually not our fault whatsoever. Other times it probably is our fault and we can see through that, oh, wow, we've actually missed a line or, or missed something. Yeah. But we always say, how can we rectify and justify? Yeah, that's fantastic. I think uh, all businesses need to take that approach and uh, so one of the best things that uh, I uh, came across very recently and you know I've uh, known this for myself uh, for a long time but a, a very um, uh, she, so this person is, is an MC as well right and uh, now she's kind of morphed into more as a um, as a speaker um, and so she um, recently gave this piece of advice that kind of what changed the way she does things and, and, and taken her work to a whole new different level is to ask the question, um, to, to frame it so that, uh, you know, she'd ask, how, how did you find my, my work, right? Or what things could I have done better? Right. So when you frame it like that, then you give people the chance to be more open, to tell you frankly what you could have done better. Right. Sometimes people are fearful of uh, that you might not take their uh, criticism well. So it's just giving them that permission to be frank with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the advice everyone not even just the wedding industry, but just overall everyone Every as human yeah. beings with a business should actually interact with their clients is you can always improve. Absolutely. So yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, how well you think you're doing, right? Uh, there's always room for improvement. And if we constantly chase that, right, the, uh, that uh, ever improvement, then, uh, you know, that's just going to be great for us, great for our clients. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. So. We're here from for Dion Wu. Like, what, what's, what are we, what are we, kind of anticipating? Is there new projects? Is there something exciting that you're planning that everyone has to kind of keep an keep an eye out on? There is uh, something very exciting afoot. Um, so, you know, apart from you know, my hospitality business and uh, my MC work, I guess you know my let's call it side hustles, you know, projects that I come across from uh, time to time that interests me and I really want to pursue. I'm working on something uh, right now that's uh, in a totally different area. It's actually in, in telecommunications. And 
all I can say is watch this space, but it's going to address um, a problem that uh, all of us have, uh, especially when we're traveling, okay. right? Uh, and I'm working with a, uh, a major telecoms company wow. to, uh, to get that launched uh, in the next few months. So I'll have more to say about that very soon. Yeah. Oh, well, when we say it in, when we do the next podcast in Chinese, we can talk about this telecommunications <laughs> in Chinese, in you Mandarin. Betcha, betcha. Well, let's wrap it up here. I'm really excited to have you come today to actually get everyone to really understand who Dion Wu is. And I think today I really got to know who you are and what you're really all about. And you're not just, actually, you know what, before we do end, we haven't really touched base on how you juggle family with everything. So I want, I want like kind of everyone to know, you know, you, you did mention you're not married. That's right. So uh, here's um, an advertisement for myself, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not married, although it always in, uh, makes me chuckle when uh, people come up to me and, and we find out that uh, they think that I am married with family and I'm scratching my head like how do you imagine that I'm married I've never said I've been uh, there's no evidence anywhere of a wife or family but it's still it's so interesting that people imagine that I am um, and I guess you know that lack of uh, being in a family situation has kind of allowed me to do a lot of the different things that I do um, not that I don't yearn for, you know, the stability in my life and to have a family. I, I, I certainly want that and I look forward to that. But that's part of the reason why I can jump around so easily and, and do, you know, many different things. Well then, hopefully, the right lady is listening. Yes. <laughs> and, and we somehow connect you with her. That'd be magical and if I that happened. A lot of your friends and family and colleagues and everyone has probably tried to match make you because you're probably like the ideal husband to someone that like, oh my gosh, you'll be so good for my sister or you'll be so good for, for my cousin or my friend and this and that. Yeah, curiously, um, they say that, but then they never go any further to make that connection. But it'll happen for me one day and, um, you know, Anna, you can do my wedding. It'll be a pleasure. It'll be a pleasure, and we have to find the right MC for your wedding, but... Absolutely. Now, that's going to be difficult, but uh, he or she's out there. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Dion, for being part of this podcast, and I really, really welcome you back for when you get your Mandarin up to scratch. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate that. And uh, everyone, if um, you're not already following Anna Wang, please do so, because she's amazing, and uh, I highly recommend her. Thank you, Dion. Thanks, Anna.